Hello, and welcome to Fairfax 50 Plus, a series of discussions on issues of interest to residents 50 and over. I'm your host, Jim Person. During our last show, we spoke with Rhiannon Duck, the county's organizer of something called The Villages. These are neighborhood groups that provide assistance like rides and social visits to people in the neighborhood. Fairfax County actually has 12 of them. Fairfax County actually has 12 of them, and today we're going to talk to a representative from one of them. Diane Watson heads up the Caring Group for the Spring Hill Community Village, which is located in Lorton. She's going to tell us all about the group, how they got started, what they offer, and also how they've been dealing with the coronavirus. But first, as we do, we like to learn a little bit about our guest, Diane. She grew up in a little historical town called Fallsington, Pennsylvania. She went to a college in Pennsylvania, earning her certificate in physical therapy from the University of Pennsylvania, then embarked on a 47-year career in physical therapy specializing in home care. Her other career was Navy wife, and when her husband retired back in 1984, they decided to settle in Springfield. Then in 2011, they moved down the road to the 55-plus Spring Hill community and have been there ever since. Now, aside from all of that, she works with or is a member of the Fairfax Area Commission on Aging. And in her free time, Diane says she enjoys family beach trips and getting together with friends. In addition, she recently got back into needlework, which she describes as somewhat of a lost art. So, Diane, welcome to the show. Hello, Jim. Thank you very much for taking this time to talk to me. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we certainly do appreciate it. And uh, a little, uh, we'll let the, the audience in on our little uh, technical difficulties. This is like try number three. Uh, we've, we've tried to get together here and, and do this. So uh, thanks for your patience and uh, looking forward to this conversation. So thank you again for being here. Um, needlework, you say it's a lost art. What do you, what do you mean by that? Not, not a lot of folks getting into the, into the craft now? Well, you know, you just even have to go to some of the stores that used to have aisles of yarn and uh, different types of needles and uh, embroidery packets, cruel packets, quilling. Uh, some of those things just aren't about anymore. Mm. I, I believe the uh, online market has come for those who are really dedicated to those things. But I think also probably time comes into play, too. People might not have the time like they used to. Mm. So, but it is relaxing to me, I must say. I was going to ask you, what uh, what is it about it that you enjoy? I guess the take your mind off of things as you can as you do that. It is um, out of all of them, I am going to crochet and kind of cross stitch as the ones that I enjoy most, and the the end result, the finished product that I can give to somebody and know that they can appreciate the time that I put into it, and some of those things. Uh, people have them for generations, especially the Afghans that uh, sometimes people's grandmoms had for, you know, all those years ago. And they're just as good today as it was 20, 30 years ago. Absolutely. And oftentimes the best gift is the handmade gift. Absolutely, for sure. I wanted to ask you about one other thing that we read or I read in the introduction, the physical therapy career. That must have been uh, interesting uh, while also rewarding. Rewarding was a, a good term for it. I, uh, you know, sometimes you figure out that charisma comes into play because all my life growing up, I planned to be an OBGYN doctor. Mm. And uh, when I took my MCATs and applied, I didn't initially get in. And the university at Misericordia, where I went to school, 
uh, the track for pre-med and Bachelor of Science in Biology, uh, you went for the medical fields and then others. But I really never had any other uh, career in mind except medicine. So it was in, in the last year, uh, there was ironically a request from Case Western Reserve in Cleveland. Uh, anybody want to find out about physical therapy, come and uh, we'll pay your plane fare out here and we'll tell you all about it. And wow. hopefully you'll sign up for us. So that was my first ride on an airplane and uh, my first introduction to physical therapy. Uh, and then I really didn't want to go that far away. So I went looking for local schools and I, but stupidity comes into play to a certain <laughs> degree. Now looking at it hindsight, I only applied to one school. And, you know, experience tells you you never put all your eggs in one basket. But yet I did apply and did get in. And it was only after a couple of weeks into uh, the um, learning for physical therapy that I got the word that I could um, take my alternate position for medical school. But already Kismet told me that this might be my field. Yeah. And it turns out that it was true. Well, apparently, after forty-seven years of sticking with it, it it must have been the right choice. So, uh, definitely, uh, definitely glad you did that, and I'm sure all the folks that uh, you helped are glad that you did that as well. Uh, we're here primarily to talk about the Spring Hill Community Village. I know a lot of our listeners uh, have been hearing a lot about this village program in Fairfax County. As I said in the intro last week, we talked, or last episode, we talked to Rhiannon Duck uh, with the county's uh, villages program. But we're specifically talking about the Spring Hill Community Village. How how did you come about finding out about the Spring Hill Community Village? Well, it's interesting. Uh, Spring Hill, it's on the grounds of the old Lorton Reformatory. And uh, it began as a community in 2006. Uh, my husband and I moved in in 2011. And, you know, like any new place, you go and try to introduce yourself to various people and uh, just get LinkedIn. And um, we went to one of the board meetings and they were talking about asking for nominees for people who might be interested in the upcoming elections. And my husband had gone to apply for that and went for the meeting and the the uh, community asked questions and things. And one of the remarks that was made was about a strategic plan for the community. Was there one? Mm -hmm. And at that point, there really wasn't one because Pulte, which is the builder, still involved and uh, or just was, uh, you know, phasing themselves out. So the uh, community board was coming into play. And so anyway, the strategic planning uh, thought was thrown out there. And so there got to be a strategic committee. And when that was formed, we put the word out to the community, come and talk to us about where you see Spring Hill in X amount of year. And so we had various sessions and uh, performed what they call a SWOT analysis. People talking about strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats that they perceived in the community. And many things came up, but one of the things that was repeated in different ways was the concern about what are we gonna do when we aren't able to take care of ourselves in particularly where driving is concerned because driving is the root of all independence in this area and in a lot of areas. Areas uh, You can drive to get yourself to the stores, to church, to doctor's appointments. Uh, you can do that on your own. But what happens when you can't drive anymore? Right. So after much uh, assimilation of information, we presented it to a town hall meeting 
in September of 17. And in one of those meetings, uh, I got to talk about it. I, I have to backtrack a little bit. My husband, George, myself, and Brenda Jones, we are 350 plus ambassadors for Fairfax County. So going to some of those meetings, we got a little bit of a picture of what to expect as us baby boomers get to advance in age and what kinds of services are there, what kinds of services are going to be needed. So we picked up on the fact, the fact that uh, it's going to be increasing many, many times in a short period of time. And services can only go so far. And like many of us have been taught, uh, you need to learn how to rely on yourselves or figure out ways how to rely on yourselves. So that's sort of coincided with what other people were talking about. How can we do what we need to do, but still stay in our house? So at that town meeting, uh, I presented the views that we received from the county, and I put forth the, um, the uh, desire and ask people, would you be willing to sign up for a caring group? And at that time, 12 volunteers came forth. And so that was the beginning right there. And then, you know, we met and we got some guidelines about what kinds of services we were willing to do because we have the unique uh, a unique place in the villages as being a completely all volunteer village. Uh, we are operating things outside of the property, man property managers that are hired by the management company. Everything else in the community is done by the community residents themselves be it committees, spontaneous groups, culture groups, whatever. So anyway, we put out the word and we got some requests, but we found out that people weren't necessarily coming and signing on to let us know when they needed help, whether it was pride or independence or whatever. Uh, we found that they would contact their neighbors. The other component in Spring Hill that was in effect since 2009, I believe, are the block captains. Now the term block captains a lot of times is made in reference to uh, neighborhood watches. And Spring Hill, we are a community, uh, but we don't necessarily work in blocks, we are on streets. And at that time uh, in 2017, there were eight block captains left from the original ones that had signed up in 2009. But with people leaving to go to different places, to go into, uh, live with their children or go to assisted living, the numbers dwindled down and we realized that we needed more of them. So we put the request out for volunteers and again, some people came forth. So long and short, the numbers for the caring group as of this time is 27 oh. and the numbers for the block captains of the homes and the villas is also 27. Now add to those two, we have five condo buildings and each of the condo buildings have 25 units. So each condo building has two block captains. So this group is what I call the care team. But in mm -hmm. all honesty, in the beginning, the village went under the mantle of the caring group, but it became obvious that it was the whole community that was involved in this endeavor to try to link up and take care of each other. Right. So that's how we became the Spring Hill Community Village. Wow. Great, uh, great uh, recap. Great uh, history there for us. And uh, interesting, uh, as I've been learning more and more about these villages with past interviews on the 50 Plus podcast, as you alluded to, they all operate differently. And you said 
the Spring Hill Community Village is all volunteer, which I'm assuming, as you've kind of detailed with the history, leads to some challenges of keeping that volunteer group uh, invigorated, if you will. That That's a fact, and that's an understatement as well. The concern with any volunteer group is uh, you don't want to be taken for granted. Uh, just because you're doing something for a period of time, you don't want to have it assumed that you're going to be the one to do it forevermore. And as with anything, there's always the concern about burnout. And there's also the concern that if somebody isn't utilized, they might feel, well, I don't really have a place here. So therefore, uh, you know, I don't need to be in this group. So because of that, we made it a point to always meet together. Uh, Our group meets on the first Tuesday of every month at 11 o'clock. And even with that, knowing the numbers that I told you about, there are people that are, you know, they have other commitments to volunteering in hospitals or they go to Bible study or they go to school. There's other commitments. And so I think right off the bat, that's one fallacy that might need to be corrected. And that when you get to retire, you have a lot of extra time on your hands <laughs> because it does seem, and I've heard the term used that uh, since I've been retired, I don't know how I ever found time to work because right. all those other things sort of come into play. Right. And again, we realized, you know, we looked at transportation in particular to uh, doctor's appointments as probably going to be uh, the main source of need. But as it turned out, it became obvious that probably uh, the socializing was more important. And as we got to hear more and more about the importance of uh, making sure that people were not lonely or socially isolated, uh, especially in the older adults population, uh, that got to be a little bit of a focus because here in the community, uh, it's a 55 plus community and most people are that 50 plus but there are some a little bit younger in the, in the 40s and 50s. And so, uh, and many, many are still working. Uh, so you have those that are still working full-time, those that are working part-time, those that are retired. Those who are retired and staying within the community, doing things in the community, and doing others that are doing things outside the community. So again, when you start trying to schedule things, all those various things come into play. And in all honesty, I feel like uh, when you have the attitude that this is a democracy and this is uh, important for everybody, you want to hear everybody's viewpoint. So those monthly meetings are meant to get feedback on what you found successful, what you were finding as a need that might need to be uh, addressed, and this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So. Um, that social isolation that's really important right now came into play. And because of that, that sort of has really helped us with the COVID because I think we are already had a leg in and a system in place to help us. I want to ask you about how, how your village has responded to the coronavirus, but first I want to, uh, could you briefly highlight the services that your village, the Spring Hill Community Village, uh, does or offers? Because, again, all the villages are different and they offer different services. So very briefly, kind of highlight what Spring Hill Community Village services are. Okay. Uh, I, I'll put in the caveat that we are uh, we provide services on a temporary or intermittent basis. Nothing that's an everyday kind of thing. We, or if it is something for everyday following a surgery or something, uh, that's a different plan. But basically... Transportation, going to doctor's appointments, going to uh, 
medical treatment appointments, uh, now going to grocery stores, picking up prescriptions or picking up foods if somebody can't go themselves, walking pets if somebody is injured and can't do it either because of illness, sometimes helping to take care of kitty litters and things like that. Um, the social visits, either via telephone or in person as needed. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I think <laughs> that's, ba that's basically it. Well, those, um, those those are a lot. And as I've learned, the, the transportation one is a huge one, you know, getting to doctor's uh, appointments and, and the picking up prescriptions, those kind of things. Those are huge right there. Yes, they are for sure. Yeah. How um how have y'all been able to respond to the coronavirus as folks are, you know, have been encouraged to stay at home and really avoid the the socializing part of it, especially for the 50 plus community? That's a that's a desperately needed part of, of you know, that that age group. Of course, it's you know needed for every age group, but that social interaction is so important as we continue to, to grow older. How have y'all responded during the ongoing coronavirus? It's very interesting to see how this is, this uh, corona has affected everybody. Uh, right off the bat, I've heard many of us say that we had to have talk with our kids about understanding what it means to be an older person, understanding to be an older person with vulnerabilities, under being, understanding to be an older person that not having those comorbidities that might put you at increased risk. And uh, so some have really literally stayed within their homes and haven't crossed over the threshold when we first got the word about that. Wow. Others have, um, you know, they have family close by or they have friends close by or neighbors that when they go off to do their grocery shopping, uh, they'll phone them and say, do you need anything? Uh, so the, the telephone and the emails are the big things. Uh, what I mentioned before about the block captains, uh, you know, they, they are all throughout the neighborhoods. Uh, and so uh, in particular, the single homes, villas, and, and the condos. Uh, the other two neighborhoods are uh, the assisted living facility and some uh, uh, apartments subsidized with Fairfax County. And those are the new kids on the block. So we have to, you know, uh, incorporate them where that's a work in progress still going on. But even so, the work has been, the word has been out there through the board and uh, through the block captains, uh, these are the things that the county is recommending us abide by to protect ourselves, and especially since we are in that older age group. Uh, but we have people who are willing to go out and do whatever you need to do. Right. So give us a call and let us know how we can help. Right. Now, in all, in all honesty, sometimes that's not gone through the uh, the Karen group uh, email. It's literally gone through neighbor to neighbor. So it has been working and it's been working fine in terms of necessary needs. Now that brings us to the issue about the isolation. I mentioned we had various degrees. Some people are going out and doing what they need to do every week, every two weeks, depending on how they shop. Uh, others relying on uh, either food coming in or uh, pea pods and things like that coming or neighbors, uh, families that are close by. But we are in a community, as I said, that's composed by all of these different housing. Uh, I have a pet myself, so uh, I take her out frequently to go for a walk just to get out of the house. And because the community is the way it is, we're not encountering other people in close proximity or anything like that. But as we're walking, 
got to notice that there are people on the balconies spending more time on the balconies and doing the Romeo and Juliet thing, talking out to the neighbors from their balconies to get that uh, contact that people are feeling the need for. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've heard voiced is those of us that have uh, spouses or other relatives living in the household, we are a little bit the greater advantage because there is somebody else with us. Uh, there are many people in the community that live alone and they have family close by and they have the contact. But having that other living person or living being, even if that other living being is a pet, seems right. to really make a difference and help people to uh, fight that isolation a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've only got a couple of minutes left, Diane. I feel like I could go on for, for hours talking to you about this. It's uh, definitely interesting and uh, definitely a great service, the Spring Hill Community Village. Again, one of 12 villages across Fairfax County. If someone is listening right now, what would you tell them or any recommendation to someone listening right now that's going, you know, that, that sounds like a neat concept. I, I think I might like to start a village in, in my community or neighborhood. What, what would you tell them? I would tell them to uh, contact Rhiannon Duck at the, uh, the county phone number as, as she seems to be the lead uh, to help get people started. She takes some of us that have, have been in the villages uh, to go along to answer questions. There are so many different models. And as they say, for every village, there is a village because every village operates depending on the residents within their demographics or in their community. Right. And the other thing that I want to say before I go, though, we were talking about the caring group, but I mentioned it's the caring community. And in all honesty, especially at this time of COVID, uh, the lifestyle community and the volunteers and the volunteers are sometimes outside the committee. They have set up different projects to help people be engaged. Like, for example, our Easter time, we had an Easter rock hunt. Uh, we went looking for painted rocks, and uh, people could only take two to make sure that other people in the community got an opportunity. <laughs> and the next day, you found out who were the winning rocks, and that was a gift card. We've had taking pictures of favorite flowers or pretty flowers in the community. We had a contest to see what, what the winners are was the picture of the sunset, where the famous ones. We had some scavenger hunts, and in those in particular, people said, oh, I finally was able to get my husband and other people out to go looking uh, for the items identified. So it was keeping engaged and making people feel less isolated. Well, I know the uh, Fairfax County uh, Emergency Information Blog actually had a, a short feature on the uh, Spring Hill Community Village, if you're interested in finding that as well as I think one or two other uh, features about the neighbor-to-neighbor uh, -neighbor program, you can find that at fairfaxcounty.gov slash emergency slash blog. Diane, final 30 seconds. I'm going to give you the final word. Anything I haven't asked you, anything you feel like it's important to bring out about the villages or specifically Spring Hill Community Village? I think, especially in this time of COVID, uh, the the virus has instilled a lot of stress and anxiety and things on. Uh, but on the other hand, it's given us the opportunity to recognize what we need to be grateful for. And the thing to be grateful for is other family and friends and people, even if they're not related to us, they are our brothers and sisters just by being part of humanity. Hmm. Well said. So. Well said. That, unfortunately, is going to do it for this edition of the Fairfax 50 Plus podcast. Definitely thanks to Diane Watson for sharing her time with us and talking about the Spring Hill Community Village. and. 
Thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the county's 12 villages, you can go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash health slash neighbor or call 703-246-8962. The TTY number is 711. And as always, you can find county older adult services, recreation, community engagement, opportunity information by dialing 703-324-7948 or online at fairfaxcounty.gov slash older adults. When you're on that page, of course, be sure to subscribe to the monthly Golden Gazette newspaper and you'll find a link from there to the Fairfax County's uh, Fairfax 50 Plus Facebook page. Thanks again, Diane, for being with us. Oh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Really appreciate it. Thanks to you for listening to the Fairfax 50 Plus podcast, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia government.